from Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears in compliance with Memo EX 1063. This is the Queen City Improvement Bureau. On today's meeting, we have outstanding improvements, innovative revenue tools, improvement vectors, and oh, so much more. This meeting is now in session. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just, just great. Are you? Oh, yes. Excellent. I've Glad never, to hear that. I've that never been happy. Better. Yeah? Oh, yes. Yeah. I That's feel good. Like, I feel that like makes I'm... it a happy day in the sub-basement. Indeed. Yeah. Shall we take attendance? Yes. Attendance time. So, uh, so our uh, attending tonight, we have, um, I've got here, Ned Lockpee. Ned Lockpee? Yes. The... Uh, the Loch Ness monster researcher? Yeah, the, the very same. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, not a very successful Loch Ness monster researcher. No. No. He saw no. some pool noodles once, and yeah. thought it was the Loch Ness, Ness monster. That happens. It turned out yeah. not to be the monster. No. Or no, no. It turned out not to but be he, Loch Ness either. He, he almost drowned trying to wrestle them yes. to shore. I know, and that yeah. was that was actually a swimming pool in Saskatoon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very embarrassing. Apparently. Although, if he had pulled it off. If he mm. had actually got the Loch Ness monster in a pool in Saskatoon, we would be on the maps. The Saskatchewan would be. We would. Yeah. We'd be. We'd be like a huge tourist attraction. We would be. Once more. Yeah. Um, I don't see him here. Oh, that's good. You, you know why? I think. Sorry, this is kind of embarrassing. I think I've actually messed up the letters in his name. Oh. Just like let me. Let me. It should be. Let's. What do you get? Uh, Paul Deschen. That's me. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so I am totally here. here and I, I will stay. I noticed. You really, I thought you looked really familiar. Yeah. Uh, also attending is oh a rain dog man. A rain dog man. Yeah. Presumably the Rain Dog Man that Tom White sang about. Oh my God! From the album Rain Dogs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, did he get lost? And I, I'm not sure. Up here, this is this is pretty exciting. I, if he got lost, he didn't wind up here because I don't see him. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think that he didn't. It's not. He him. got on the wrong downtown train. He, yes, <laughs> very good. Very good. Good, good on getting like the one Tom Waits song also covered by Rod Stewart. I'm not even going. I'm not even going to say anymore. Uh, you know, actually, this is this is really awkward though because I, um, I know I got your hopes up. You did. You, yes. Look at the smile on my face. Exactly, your hopes were way up because yeah. uh, I think I actually messed up the letters in uh, Rain Dog Man's name. Oh no! And should be just hold on. So, um, Aiden Morgan. That actually is you. Okay. And I'm pretty sure you're here. I'm pretty sure, too. I feel okay. I feel very present. All right, so we're both here. And yeah. uh, tonight, uh, first up, we have two improvement vector candidates. Well, sort of. Actually, tonight we're holding special hearings. The whole Bureau. Oh. The whole Bureau is here. We're holding special hearings. Very nice. Into the issue of beer. Into the issue of beer. Yes, uh, with, our in, with our improvement vector candidates. Oh, so we've invited two improvement vector yes. candidates. Uh, I've got This is a very serious issue, beer. Uh, my notes here um, from Multinational Brewer, we have um, Dim Asthma and uh, Shakier Me from uh, from Rebellion. Is that you guys? Yeah, that's me. Dim Asthma. Is that, is that your name? Because it seems odd. I think, I think I've actually written your my name. My parents were hippies. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, elementary school is tough. But I'm going to call you Adam Smith. Sure, just man. You okay. call me whatever you like. Awesome. Adam Smith it is. And Shakier Me, it sounds more like... Um, 
Mark Heise, is that another way to? Yeah, say? people people often have trouble with my last name, so you're you're pretty close there. But yeah, uh, yeah, mm, cool, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Shake your me is your new band name. I'm pretty sure. I, I like that. <laughs> Shake your me. I really. Like I would that. go see Shake your me. Yeah. <laughs> so I may have to recuse myself from these hearings because I've uh, I've actually had some beer. What? When did you have some beer? I had two beer. Um, I don't remember who the whose they were or what we were talking about when I had the beer. But uh, yeah, I might have to. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you disclosed that you had yeah. like that you have like. Although if I if I recuse myself, then I don't know what we could do here because you'd be on your own. And, That's right. I would. I'd, yeah. go, I'd have to go have would, some beer immediately. Right. So and the then you have to recuse yourself. And the double recusal would cancel itself out, and we'd both be here. Oh. Let's say I've had some beer. Okay. Yeah. I actually may have been given the gift of beer earlier this right. evening. Right. And that so. could explain how you screwed up our names. That's true. Yes. Right. Okay. So we're both here. We're both. The double recusal has resulted in full presence. So you I guys. Know that. You guys are from multinational and rebellion breweries. These are um, uh, competing brewers. We're kind of hoping you guys will fight. I hope not. <laughs> Mark's <laughs> much bigger than me. Because <laughs> otherwise, this is going to be a really boring half hour. Of meeting, if you guys. Yeah, for all the yeah. radio fans out there, Mark looks like a, like a WWF wrestler, and I look like your classic, like Archie nerd. Yeah. So it's not going like to be pretty. Is pretty yeah. one-sided. Yeah. yeah. Although yeah. I would, I would pay to see that like actual like WWF match, <laughs> <laughs> like the Crusher versus like Jughead. Archie. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, well yeah, you guys do seem to be actually fairly good friends. Which is nice to see. So, the the the, the brewing scene in Regina, uh, just over the last god five years, seven years, it even has, it has taken off. I'd say. Yeah, and you guys are kind of you know two of the people who are at the forefront of that. Um, how did this happen? Why why is brewing becoming a thing in the Queen City all of a sudden? You know, I think it's. Uh it's just been a long time coming more than anything, and it's a bit of a return to the way things used to be before Prohibition. Not to turn this into a history lesson, but before Prohibition, there was multiple breweries in every city, every town, and um, Prohibition literally killed all that off. And then, of course, the uh, the conglomerations that happened, you know, uh, through the 50s, 60s, and 70s, you know, and that's where, you know, McDonald's came into prominence and all sorts of other things and other big breweries and all that kind of stuff. And lowest common denominator cheapest junk you can possibly produce people had a uh, people enjoyed that and um now you're kind of seeing a backlash towards that and people want to uh want to want a story they want something interesting they want something unique mm-hmm. and um Regina's finally uh embracing that and so it was just a really good time for guys like us to get involved in this thing yeah Excellent. yeah and how do you um adam you guys are Fair, you're newer to the scene than Rebellion. Rebellion, you've been around for about how long? Just over now? two years. Again, it's Is that just a very, two very years? short time. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And you guys have been around for? 11 months. Oh, my God. Not even a year. <laughs> We're celebrating our year at the end of the month here. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations like to both of you. That's amazing because um, both of your beers now are sort of mainstays around town. Yeah. Like you, you, know, you go around and they're like on tap places. Uh, they're kind of inescapable. Yeah, thanks, man. Kind of and and from like just going to rebellion and multinational, I mean, I think multinational has produced uh, approximately three hundred or more beers already. It's <laughs> so it's <laughs> at least. <laughs> no, not there yet. Every, we're every, about once a week. So, so that's that's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. about fifty beers yeah. a year. 
Wow. Give or take. That's yeah. kind of how we're doing things right now. So we all, we all started out as home brewers. What I think is really cool about that is that, um, you know, we used to make beer at home mostly for our own consumption. Maybe some of our close friends and family would enjoy it. And, you know, to now see, let's say thousands, hopefully at least thousands, you know, enjoying stuff that we just made because it was fun, something to do at home is, I don't know, I still get blown away by that. And it still almost doesn't seem real. (laughs) So most of the homebrew that I've had, though, is all garbage. (laughs) I got I got And your guys, your guys' beer, not garbage. It's It's not not garbage. garbage, Yeah. Yeah. I got a little story about that. I had, uh, with my other job, I had a client, and I told him I'd started homebrewing as a hobby and all that. And he said, oh, don't make homebrew, man. That's terrible. It's garbage, like you said, right? Yeah. So it kind of lit a fire under me. I got to show him up, you know. So started kept making beer, and I thought it was pretty good. So I'd start giving him the beer that I had, some of the beer I had made, to see what he thought. And he's like, well, it's pretty good. So over the years, I kept giving it more, giving it more. And he's like, yeah, this is actually, yeah, this is good, man. And now he's an investor in the company. So oh, wow. I thought, I thought you were going to say, now he's in rehab. He <laughs> <laughs> went from homebrew is terrible to I'll invest in this company. So yeah, that was a fun little, you know, transaction yeah. through good beer. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool to take it from. I mean, I still, at the end of the day, you can debate whether it's a niche product or not, but um, not not just beer nerds enjoy what we do, if that makes sense, right? Uh, you know, you get kudos from people from all walks of life, and it, it's pretty flattering, you know, when you just see, see different people walk in. You see the mayor walk in and have one of your beers and tell you how great it was. You're like, okay, cool, thanks. I don't Maybe the mayor's a beer nerd. I don't know. He hasn't told me that, but um, <laughs> that's kind of neat. And yeah, it kind of hits home and makes it feel like you're doing something good. So hmm, nice. The mayor, the mayor's visited you. He's never. We work in the basement of his he's building. Never come he's down never here. come down here. Yeah. Maybe we got to brew beer. Offer him some beer. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I have, I have, you know, the potatoes have been growing like behind the boiler. Oh yeah, that'd make good good beer with the molds. Yeah, with the molds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking like maybe making like a mold flavored vodka. Oh yeah, yeah. that'd be nice. That's yeah. be good. Um, the other thing that you guys have done, uh, Rebellion, you've been kind of one of the anchor people to the warehouse district, and you have like a, a very prominent location that seems to be drawing in a lot of people and as a nice big sign. Uh, Multinational also is sort of like the anchor for its little neighborhood um, where you guys with 33 and a third, and then there's also the, oh, God, the vegetarian. Hunter-gatherer. Thank you, hunter-gatherer just down the street. Um, how important to, like, this whole building a community beyond just like the brewing like what is what is your communities to you guys yeah i mean it's it's crucial to us me and uh, kelsey my friend that we, we started the brewery together we we live both of us live a block away in each direction of the brewery we get up and you get to walk to work which is obviously a huge perk but uh being you know working in the place where you live it just makes you that much more, you know, interested in the, you know, prosperity of the neighborhood. Um, what was awesome, we were, you know, we had a lot of friends that lived in the neighborhood and knew a lot of people just from around, but then we lived there for seven years. But after opening the brewery, all these people would come in and say, oh, I live a block away from here. I'm like, well, where do you live? I've never <laughs> seen you before, you know? So like, oh, I just live a block away. I'm like, okay, well, I live right here. So, you know, and now like I've made friendships just from working at the brewery in mm. the neighborhood that we live. Um, yeah, 
heritage is definitely important to Kelsey and me. We've done different events and things both personally and through the brewery for the neighborhood and yeah it's uh it's definitely important to us and it's been really fun watching the neighborhood kind of get going like you're saying with 33 and a third in tna uh, in our building and uh hunter gatherer and yeah it's it's been really fun yeah summer's gonna be crazy I bet. it's gonna be awesome mm-hmm. yeah so so far what we've got is make beer meet the mayor make beer make friends I don't know. This beer thing is starting to sound like it might be a good idea. I was just going to say, I'm not. Try- we're not trying to, you know, claim that beer is like, you know, has superpowers, but it certainly but, sounds like it does. You know, again, to say, you know, before prohibition, you know, you know, breweries and pubs and stuff. I mean, that's that. Th- those were the meeting places. Those were the hubs. That's where the the community met and discussed important issues and all that sort of stuff. And so, it's. Um, you know, I'm not saying that's the reason we started this the, the the brewery, but you see that happening, and you're like, wow, this is this is really cool, and this actually means something to people um, beyond just you know um, drinking a bunch of beer at a football game or at you know a, a big rock concert right. or something, which is great. That that serves its purpose, and you know, beer is a part of that, but it can also have some additional meaning, and so um, yeah, I, we we get tons of satisfaction out of that. Yeah. Um, your location at Rebellion, is that like a full, like, is that a full club or is it just, is it like you can just go in there and sample the beer kind of thing? We call it a tap room. Um, right. We're licensed as a tavern. We only really sell beer for the most part. We have food as well, but you can get pints of beer, um, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, we offer other things and entertainment and you can play pinball. We have music and this and that. Again, it's just meant to sort of be, um, again, we're not trying to, you know, replicate anything else that already exists in the city. We're just trying to be our own little unique thing that people really enjoy and say, this is cool. You can't get this anywhere else. Um, but yeah, you can certainly come and spend hours of time there and have a good time. And mm-hmm. I know Malty's been able to uh, make some, the, do the same things with some recent changes there as well. Yeah, so the uh, SLGA changed the uh Basically, we were allowed to give away as much beer as we wanted to. It's a terrible business plan <laughs> up until October this year. And then they changed that we can start selling that same beer we were legally allowed to give away. So now we can sell it. And uh, through our license, we're able, to, um, we're able to have kids in the space, which I really enjoy. Be- yeah. A, being a dad. But mm-hmm. uh, B, I really think it mellows a space out. You know, there's n- no one getting kind of out of control if there's some kids around. So... At Christmas time, it was it was wild. It was like people bringing their grandparents and their kids and uh, their dog, and it's just a guy came in just a couple weeks ago and he filled up a growler, then he left and then he came back again to get something else. And he's like, "This place is crazy. I saw a baby in here earlier." <laughs> we've got an Irish guy that comes in and he just had a baby, so he's got these. Bring this. He's like, "I grew up in a pub and this is great. I can bring my kid in here." I'm like, "Yeah, man. It's like it's a whole community. It's like a community center, man. It's it's nice. such a good vibe." It's it's where I want to be. That's like the biggest thing is, and that's like it's that's our whole business. Like me and Kelsey, um, when we started this thing, there was nothing out there. Like Mark was saying, you're not trying to replicate something. There's there wasn't something out there that we both with the beer, the physical beer, the space, the advertising, the vibe, everything wasn't. There's was nothing really out there speaking to us. So all we said was that every decision that's made do we like it and we know that there's 0.01 percent of the market out there that also likes we're not trying to be the every place for everybody or the every beer for everybody trying to because you end up making nobody happy when you try to make everybody happy so if there's 0.1 percent of the population that digs what we're doing then we'll be fine you know so Mm -hmm. 
Well, by the way, we're on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. This is the Queen City Improvement Bureau. And we're talking to, um, I'll consult my notes here, from Multinational, uh, Mad Hat Sid. And from Rebellion, we have, ooh, Hakemiser. Hakemiser. Hakemiser and Mad Hat Sid. He's Mr. Hakemiser. <laughs> yeah, that's what you have Mr. Hake. That's the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we all know it. Um, so you guys do growlers. Why? Why growlers? Is is it like? Is there like a law that says you guys have to do growlers, or is it just? Is it a? Is it because it's more fun? Because <laughs> I, I like. What's I like, the funnest? You container? talk about the fun, Mark, and I'll yeah, talk yeah. about the economics. That? Yeah, I so, mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, grab and go growlers. It's the idea of just grabbing fresh beer as fresh as possible. Um, we haven't talked a whole lot about beer. We've talked about a whole oh, lot yeah. of other things, but mm-hmm. um, beer is always best when it's fresh, and um, especially the beer that we make. If you're getting, you know, bland industrial stuff, who cares if it's you know six months old or six years old? But you know, our stuff, you want to drink it super fresh. It's a perishable product. It's a it's an all natural product. So that's the real benefit of that. You get to come in. You get to obviously chat with you know uh, charming folks like me and Adam. And uh, get a growler at the same time of your of your choosing. So, yeah, there's definitely uh, that fun factor, that kind of neat factor, the environmental factor of that you're you know reusing jugs, as opposed to going through landfill or recycling. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. as as far as small breweries like us being able to get our product to market, um, canning, bottling is a quite an expensive thing to do. Um, so we're very fortunate being where we are we're able to sell growlers and we have a population that supports it not a population a of the size that supports it, and b people are coming out and doing it which is awesome we didn't when we starting we didn't know you know when we're writing our business plan we, how many people are going to come out like it's and the support has been amazing i can't i can't even believe it so um yeah without having to get expensive canning and bottling ma- machinery and like mark is saying the cans and bottles themselves cost money right and then it goes into garbage or recycling so mm. getting our product into your hands is huge and the growler uh, allows us to do that and regina's really accepted it i think i think rebellion basically busted through the ground for that i think you really yeah. started that up. and now lots of people you know you get a growler filled at beer brothers or hanlins bushwhacker now you know mm-hmm. so people are doing it and it's been awesome. The, yeah, the uptake's been mind-blowing. Yeah, I remember re- I had only ever read about them in magazines about other cities. And then, I, <laughs> then you guys, uh, Rebellion, you were selling them at the farmer's market. And that's yeah. when I got my first Rebellion growler. You know, it's one of those things, not, you know, we're not, not that, again, not that we save the world through growlers, but it's one of those things where you got to take a bit of a chance. And we had talked with another brewery in Saskatoon that had done growlers for a couple of years. And I pulled out the email recently within the last couple of weeks, and they had said that, in two years, they had done 2,000 growler fills, and we were really impressed with that number. We thought we could make a business out of that. And um, when I ran the numbers after we had been in business for 18 months, we had actually done 50,000 growler fills. Whoa. And um, uh, it, it just blew my mind. We were like, wow, that's, that's you know, again, it, it just t- it, to, to see... To see the community support that again, you know, mm-hmm. we knew we knew the beer nerds would love it. Yeah. I hate I hate yeah. keep using that term. We knew the beer nerds would come and buy our beer. We knew that wasn't a problem, but um, we weren't so sure how quickly just just average people that just were looking for something new and cool and wanting to get something local. We weren't sure what the uptake would be. Well, it was it was there in spades, yeah. and when I go to multinational, I'm waiting in line for my growler too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, 
certainly seems to be catching on everywhere. You don't go in the VIP line at multinational? I love waiting in line because I chat, I end up, I you make friends, I see people every time I'm there, I see other people that I know, they want to chat with you, they want to talk with you. It's great, you know. That's what I really love about multinational. They 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 started out saying we want to be a neighborhood brewery, and they're a neighborhood brewery. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's uh, it's exactly what uh, what they wanted to set out to do, and nobody else has anything like it. You know, one thing I've noticed, actually, not just in Regina but in Saskatchewan, like if you go to the Nokomis Brewery, yeah. like, and you you talk to the guy there, I mean, and on behind the counter where you get growler fills are growlers from all kinds of. Like, there's one I've seen, Rebellion and, and Multinational Ones, Prairie Sun, District mm-hmm. 9, etc. And when I've talked to Prairie Sun and whatnot, they like, they all say, yeah, no, go to Rebellion, go to Multinational. Like, it's there's a real sort of feeling of community in the province between uh, the brewers. Yeah, well, it's yeah. cool. I mean, I sat and had a chat with Adam yesterday at the bank. Was it yesterday? Yeah, Two days ago. something like that, yeah. And one of those other days, I had a beer with Jeff from Nokomis in, in our tap room. He just popped in during his day and had a beer with me and we talked. So. The it's, industry is crazy. Like, I had no idea, mm-hmm. like, I had no idea coming into this industry that it, the camaraderie was like that. It's it's amazing. Like, the, well, the, the real thing that breaks it down is there's no competition. I mean, there's no one person says, I only drink Nokomis. Or I only drink <laughs> Rebellion. Or I only drink, you know, it's just if you like craft beer, you're going to try all craft beer. Right. Okay? So the better Rebellion does, the better Multinational does. Every time Mark brings someone into their brewery that's never had craft beer before, and they drink his beer, and it's good, and they say, this is good, they're going to start looking for other craft beer. And, hey, mm-hmm. who's yeah. oh, who else is in town? Oh, Multinational, I'm going to go spend that money. So he just brought someone into the world. He just made a customer for us. And that it goes for all of the craft beer, like everywhere, but in Saskatchewan, we know that. So there's absolutely no reason to like compete against each other. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, as the Improvement Bureau, uh, one of the things we do is we, we, we can liaise between our improvement vectors and the rest of the city. Are there any like challenges to brewing beer in Regina? Um, I overheard you guys talking about some before the uh, meeting started. Uh, they, you know, you guys need to get off your chest. Oh, uh, like, beer, like yeah. beer lice, like giant beer lice. Yeah, I hate yeah, the beer that's lice. horrible. Yeah, my thing that and 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 it's uh, I've been saying it more recently, but I even did uh, I even helped out the city with a with a promotional video last year, um, and, and as well as some other uh, economic development in Regina. My big thing is uh, is is just the idea of transit. It's it's better for for a city. Um, without trying to sound, you know, uh, rude or obnoxious, but you know, if you if you want to if you want to grow up and be a big city, you've got to have adequate transit. You've got to have taxi, Uber. I don't I don't I don't care which combination, but we just have to become less car reliant. And I know that that's a tough thing to pull off when you're used to your car and and people have have that tight association with their car and don't necessarily want to let go of it. But it does actually produce better communities, especially if you can get people to um, get out and actually walk. And that's where you actually talk to your neighbors and make friends and stuff. You don't make friends driving in your car, gulping down your Tim Hortons. I don't. I don't think anyone's made friends doing that. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, <laughs> you're making it sound like you don't want people to be driving to your place and then your tap room and then driving home. Well, exactly. Again, we want people to have a good time and enjoy, and you know, and that, that's what happens in the you know. Um, uh, 
you know, in, in those downtown type environments, right? And if, if you go to any, uh, I, I read something recently where they said, you know, we're jealous of, you know, in Europe where people walk, walk around and go from cafe yeah, to cafe yeah. and go out mm-hmm. into the park and do this and do that. Well, we can do that here. We just have to change. Mm-hmm. But but if we don't if we don't change then we don't have that so we could have those exact same things here if we were willing to do it so that's where I I would really like to see the city help helping out uh, encouraging more of that yeah cool. Adam, oh yeah better transit options for, yeah yeah, yeah um, speaking of improving communities uh, and like I've said before we we me and Kelsey both live a block away from the space we had to go through a rezoning process to be in the building we're in and we understand that we're a brewery and an off sale and people weren't too sure of that but right now we'd have to we want a patio so people can have beers outside in our lovely sunshine but it's not going to happen because it's costing it would cost a a large amount of money that we just multinational just doesn't have right now so we're not going to have a patio this year because of basically city paperwork it's what it's going to boil down to and um I would. I just got back from Portland, and the place we were staying, where they were building an outbuilding off on their at their house, because that city is preaching and encouraging density, and that's what we're doing with multinational. We were in a building that I looked at out my house window and sat empty for two and a half years, and then we put a brewery in there. So instead, it's easier for multinational. Me and Kelsey, it's not a. That wasn't a good business move to go in there, spend nine thousand dollars to rezone a building for four months to be in the building we're in. It makes a lot more sense to be out in an uh, outskirt of town, not having to rezone, mm-hmm. making beer ready. That's four months, and, I, and that's not a guarantee that you're going to even get that building, and you don't get your money back. <laughs> so luckily our investors are cool. but uh, <laughs> And it all worked out, and we're in a great space. But again, to go through that whole process again, um, that kind of money is absurd, and that's kind of where I guess I'm my struggles with the city uh, as far as things go. That's where our battle is right now. I remember when, and specifically with multinational, I remember early on when you were first starting up or proposed to start, there was a little bit of pushback from some elements in the community. I don't remember the details. It was like, it was like two people, but an, yeah. a, like <laughs> at least enough for a news article to right. say mixed reaction, whereas, yeah. you know. As opposed to unanimous love. Yeah, yeah. you know. So. Uh, I watched the city council uh online just uh when you guys came up before that so it was pretty cool so anyways it got me it got me to pay attention (laughs) (laughs) i was nervous i mean i didn't know i've never done that before so but it all worked out oh that's good that's good to know and and you've got like a wacky dancing tube man down the street from your tap house so yeah i mean there's all sorts of stuff going on i mean like it's like uh, adam was saying there's, there's tons of bureaucratic challenges um and that and you know that that's fine is that ever gonna fully go away probably not you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to do things that are different, that are maybe a little outside of the box. I don't think we're ever trying to do anything unethical. We're really trying to do things that have, frankly, been done elsewhere and been done very successful. Mm-hmm. But uh, like any bureaucracy, city uh, is slow to adapt to those types of things. On the positive side, you know, I do. I am working with Economic Development in Regina and chatting with you know councillors, mayors, and this and, and all this other stuff. You know about you know how do we how do we get more more people in the game? You know how do we mm-hmm. how do we reduce those barriers? How do we get more entrepreneurs? And I you know uh, more breweries are great. Um, more more everything, more everything of just what's what's homegrown, what's organic, what's unique, what's special. Um, you know, again, there's nothing exciting about. I mean, we, Walmart serves its purpose. We all need cheap deodorant and cheap toilet paper, but 
um, you can get that anywhere. What, what's, what's really exciting is when people can do some, actually create something new out of nothing right. that didn't previously exist. And so um, I'm a huge supporter of any way possible that we can get more of that in our city. Very okay, nice. yeah. cool. All right, so I think that I think that covers pretty much everything that we needed to get to in this uh, this first round of uh, beer hearings. <laughs> um, and I think we found that you guys want to see uh, need more buses, get rid of patio paperwork. But on the upside, we've got like uh, make friends, meet the mayor, uh, pay attention to council, and save the world through beer. So I think. Do you think those they are admirable goals? I think they both qualify. Shall we? So you are both uh, hereby. You are improvement vectors, and it's for you suitable for framing. And I believe I got your last name right as well on that. Oh, perfect! You nailed All it. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so Beautiful. thanks for coming in, guys, to uh, to talk to us today about beer. And uh, you're welcome here anytime, of course. Anytime. And, uh, yeah, if you want to stick around for the second half of the meeting. But we actually have to get right to the pre-recorded Innovative Revenue Duels. All right. Let's go straight to those. Let's go straight to those. Hi, I'm Brandon Wright from Bike Regina. And I'm Sarah Maria Davies from Bike Regina. And you're listening to... The Queen City Improvement Bureau. On 91.3 CJTR. Regina's Community Radio. Hey, we're back. From those innovative revenue tools. Oh, great! Yeah, normally um, we we play the re- the recorded ones second because they totally show up ours. I, I know. So with this their time with their slick production values and music. This time we were so interested in the beer that we just didn't get to ours in time. Yeah, should we get to ours now? We totally should. should. You know, it won't pay because it's not actually it's not uh, an innovative revenue tool for us or even the city. It's it's a rather derivative revenue tool yeah. to be honest. It's a rerun. It's a rerun. Yeah. Yes. And I'm, and I'm disgusted with ourselves. <laughs> Do you want to read it? I, I, of course I want to read because it. Because I always skew this up. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, tell, me, tell me something, Paul. If you ever manage to get out of the basement for more than, like, a few hours at a time, mm-hmm. would you like to go on vacation? Oh, my God. Would I ever? But do you have the money to go on vacation? No, you know what they pay us here. Yes. Um, not very much. A pittance. a pittance. Less than a pittance. Yes. Uh, a a mess of pottage sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't even know what pottage is, but we get a whole mess of it. Uh, so, but so what? What I what I'm hearing is that you would like it if your vacation were free. Oh my, yeah. If I could have a free vacation, it's the only kind of vacation I could have. Well, for twenty messes of pottage, which in this scheme is equivalent to a dollar. Mm-hmm. Well, for twenty dollars, or twenty dollars. You, you yes, you eat, or twenty dollars. Um, that's a long-winded way of saying twenty dollars. You can buy a ticket for the 2017 CJTR Look and Listen Lottery, sponsored by Carl. Oh my, Carlson Wagenli Ricker Travel. Wow, there's travel involved in this. There's it's, it's a vacation. Involved. Yeah, it's a vacation where you travel. Really? As opposed to a vacation where you where you stand very still and hope no one sees you. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. go up you go up to the surface and you just hope to lap up a few hours of the sun. Exactly. And then sneak back down yeah, before anyone notices. Exactly before you die of vitamin D deficiency. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So anyway, this year for the two thousand seventeen look and listen lottery for the twenty dollar ticket, grand prize is a choose your own vacation uh prize called Share the Coast. You have your choice of going to Halifax, Victoria. Portland or San Francisco. I believe it's a seven-day, seven-day vacation. Yeah, pretty good. 
That sounds awesome. Um, so I would do this. I would do it too. Uh, second prize is a thousand dollar travel voucher from Carlson Wagenley Record Travel. Third prize is uh, the Regina Folk Festival 2017 experience, which consists of two weekend passes to the Regina Folk Festival. Nice. Which happens, I believe, believe this August. I could don't quote me, but it's it's this summer. Uh, anyway, yeah, so the draw date is May 4th, 2017. The last day of ticket sales is May 2nd at noon. You can be, you can purchase them online if you go to cjtr.ca slash donate, uh, or you can call the radio station at 306-525-7274, or if you're smart, you can buy them from us. Yeah. Yeah. Just That's a really smart move. Yeah, just contact us on Twitter at Queen City IB. Say you want tickets, we'll get in touch with you. Easy peasy. Um, we'll we'll handle them. We'll handle and them. Get them to you. And yes, yeah. uh, with no handling charge, no, no shipping none or handling fees. None. Bonus: if you buy from us, you will receive a, an imperial title. Yes, of yeah. our of possibly of your choosing, anywhere from uh, director uh, to moff to regional sales manager. Or just regional manager. If you buy two, you can be a grand moff. And if you buy an entire book of tickets, you'll be a Lord Darth Vader. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And we will make these official. These we'll, will be official titles. We'll make you. A if anybody says, "Hey, you are not a grand moff," you can like hold up your QCIB certificate, yeah. proving that you are a grand moff, and they will have to back off. Yeah. And when ba- and we'll say back off. I'm a grand moff. Yes. That's. Uh, you can also say that. It's a, it's guaranteed. So yes, that's. I want uh, that on a t-shirt. Back off, I'm a grand moff. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like that too. Yeah. Um, so yes, please buy some tickets for the 2017 CJTR Look and Listen Lottery because frankly, that's a really good deal. Yeah, no, it is twenty bucks. Twenty Even bucks. Even I'd be able to scrape scrape that up down yeah, here. Exactly, and uh, you know, there's only fifteen hundred tickets available, so your odds are pretty good. Better than a real lottery. Better than a real lottery. This is also a real lottery. Yeah. But you know, it's, I think of it more as a draw. It's more like a yeah, I suppose it's a draw. Yeah. yeah. You can pretend it's a bingo. Ooh. But Maybe next year instead of a choose your own adventure, they'll do a bingo. Ooh, choose your own bingo. Oh <laughs> man, I think if they made us do bingos. To get on the air. How oh, awesome would that be? Oh, that would be great. I would just smell like so many ashtrays. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. So what's, what's up next? What's up next? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, there was a council meeting this week. Oh, a meeting of council. Yes, a meeting of our city council. They got together in Henry Baker Hall, and I went to it. I snuck out. Henry Philip Baker Hall? Was that his middle name? No, but it's Philip Baker Hall's name. There's a Philip Baker Hall. Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> How did I not know this? Yeah, he's, a, he's an actor, actor Philip Baker Hall. Really? Yeah, he was in a lot of Robert Altman films. Really? He still is. He was on an episode of Seinfeld. He played a library cop. Jeez. You just pluck these things out of your head. They, they happen to be true, and they're <laughs> in my head. So there you go. Well, um, no wonder you've got jobs here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, anyway, so council. Uh, council happened on Monday evening, and uh, Friday, no, yeah, Friday the 27th, I guess it was. And there was some big stuff. It was a strange meeting in that it was it was kind of a happy meeting. It was kind of okay. There was nothing really, uh, nothing really awful happened. They didn't, there were no, no puppies were kicked. 
and uh, no no orphans were turned out into the street. Not that that usually happens at council, um, but this time things came up like Carmichael Outreach, uh, which is a uh, service organization here in town. Uh, they wanted to relocate to uh, 12th Avenue and St. John Street in the Heritage District. Well, that's an admirable relocation goal. It is. Yeah. The space that they were currently in, they had outgrown. Uh, and uh, the people were like, well, not literally spilling out into the streets, <laughs> figuratively sp- spilling out into the streets. Uh, the, the space that they were in was so small, and they were they uh, they run um, like counseling services, lunch programs, um, needle exchanges, laundry facilities for people who are, um, you know, in tight financial situations right. or homeless and have addictions issues, and um, uh. You couldn't go into the building and wait for your service or hang around after you, you know, you got your lunch program lunch or whatever. You had to go into the street because they just didn't have enough space to house as many people as were using their services. So the building that they're moving into uh, is a former Disabled Veterans Association building. It was occupied by that organization as a licensed club until 2007. It's been empty ever since then. It looks like it's about three times the size, maybe more, Mm. of what they currently have. And they're going to renovate it, and they're going to make it look awesome, and they're going to move in there. And the funny thing about this is that um, two delegations came forward to speak against the project. Wow. Just two. Huh. And there were everything else that the city has heard. So all the other delegations, and there were, I think there was about seven or eight lot that night, uh, they were in favor of the program. And uh, most of the correspondence that came into City Hall, uh, letters to counselor and counselors and stuff, and the feedback that the administration got was all, you know, on balance positive about this move. So some of the issues that came up were um, that, you know, people were a little bit worried about noise, worried about, uh, you know, loitering around the building. But uh, Carmichael, you know, listened to people and uh, made a bunch of changes to the program, to their uh, building to accommodate what uh, people were saying to them. And in the end, on balance, everybody seemed to be pretty happy with it. And I've got a little clip here of Councillor O'Donnell uh, talking to uh, the people from Carmichael Outreach for one of the delegations. And this is Councillor O'Donnell asking them about that. And he's almost as flabbergasted as I am that things went so smoothly. I'll play that right now. Please do. So I have stood here many times over the course of 10 to 11 years, and when there's been either humanitarian or group homes or so on, oft have a lot of people that show up that are opposed. Today we have people that were in favor. How come? I really don't know, but it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I tried to, when the first thing I did when I got to Carmichael was, because I wasn't really sure what I was getting into, I knew the organization itself. But I tried to kind of play with the atmosphere, make it a warm, friendly family place. I'm, I, I call it the Carmichael family. It, it is very much like that. And I think when people come into the center, they, they can feel it too. And we're always really welcoming and friendly, and we laugh a lot. It's, it's a, I think it's just the center itself. So that was Councillor O'Donnell talking with uh, Cora Gajiri from the Carmichael Outreach. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they talked about some of the things that they had done. They, they were going to, like, make a bigger fence around the parking area, and they were going to have, like, their smoking area out in that space so that there wouldn't be people out on the sidewalk smoking. They are putting in cameras. They put in lighting that, uh, they, that they're hoping will be, uh, 
keep the area lit and safe, but also not be uh, an intrusion on the people who live in the neighborhood. And the other thing they talked about, and the uh, the Heritage Community Association, the community association that um, is in that area, we're really excited about this, that uh, the Carmichael Outreach space is only open from like 9 o'clock till 4.30 in the day. Uh, they're hoping to expand their hours a bit, but they will be closed in the evenings. And the Heritage Association is saying they don't have a lot of community space in the area. And this Carmichael Outreach building will have boardrooms. It'll have, you know, big meeting spaces and halls where uh, people will be able to, like, gather. And they're hope- uh, the Carmichael Outreach is hoping that, you know, the Community Association will be able to offer programs out of their space and uh, have meetings there. So it's going to be more than just a, a humanitarian service. It will be a, a community gathering place for everybody who lives in the area. So that was pretty exciting. Some of the people who had concerns, though, their, their concerns, as O'Donnell points out, a lot of the concerns were legit. One woman who spoke again, didn't speak against it, she just said, uh, considering how well used this facility is, she's concerned that there's potholes in the back alley, the neighborhood is older. She's worried that the infrastructure just won't be able to handle this kind of use in the neighborhood, which, you know, that kind of falls back on the city to sort of cope with some of the problems that are endemic to uh, the heritage right. neighborhood. And if there's an also, if, I mean, if there's enough people coming there, like the streets might not just they might not be able to bear the weight of all those people. Right, might collapse. All that happiness and joy. Yeah, just creating this huge sinkhole of people. Of people. That's scary and sad, Aiden. Yeah. I'm trying to like you know look at the positive side of things, but I'm I'm trying to bring it all down. Bring it all down. Bring it, like a I'm sinkhole. Bringing down the mood like a sinkhole. Yeah. Um. Like a sinkhole. <laughs> what else happened with Carmichael? Uh, oh, yeah. So they have this lunch program, and they uh, they don't have, like, a sit-down area in the current space. And so people come in, and they take their lunches, and they go, and they eat it outside. And a lot of, a lot of people who leave the building don't have somewhere else to go during the day. Right. A lot of them are in, like, um, you know, homeless shelters and stuff, so they just have to eat this food out in the street, which is kind of awful. Mm-hmm. And uh, Councillor Brashani uh, brought this up when she was speaking with uh, the Carmichael people once again. I'm going to play a little bit of that right now. But one of the things um, I want to know about in, in your plans is with um, the other organization, Souls Harbor Moving, is that would there ever be an opportunity um, to look at the option of having a meal there at all is that ever in in any of the discussions with the sit-down meal oh absolutely there is okay yeah. with the extra that's, that's one of our biggest goals because there's nothing more dehumanizing than needing a meal in the first place but to stand out in minus 40 degree weather or plus 40 degree weather makes it even more so humiliating absolutely thank you for that that is wonderful because i think um that was one of the concerns whenever I would bring the food or we would bring the food is that these people would be um, taking their bag and it was almost, I don't want to say inhumane, but taking their bag and leaving. And when you spoke, you indicated we want this to be a welcoming place, a place where we can build community mm-hmm. and like a family. And I think that's exactly um, why you have the support here it, that like you do tonight. and. Building on those life skills, I think, treating people like a, a person, and they come, and we can actually have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, one of the other questions I do have is, um, in the plan, is there any? Will you be able to 
anyone with a wheelchair, will they be able to access any of, of this? Yes. Yes. The intent is to, uh, we originally looked at uh, putting a ramp outside, and then we looked at things like uh, climate and also accessibility around the building. So the intent is actually to have uh, uh, access to the upper and lower levels through lift. Okay, perfect. Wonderful. And thank you again for the work you do. All right, so that was Councillor Brashani speaking to uh, Cora Gajiri from the Carmichael Outreach, and uh, with Cora was uh, Bill Neher, who is also from Carmichael Outreach, oh. speaking in that clip. And this is uh, CJTR 91.3 Regina Community Radio, and we are the Queen City Improvement Bureau. It's true. Talking Carmichael. And our guests are... Gone. Not... Yeah, they left. They got out somehow. They, how do they do that? I don't know. Well, at least they have a life. It's nice to know that our improvement vectors are out there improving things, not stuck down here with us. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> These pointless reports. Um, one last thing about the Carmichael Outreach, and then I'll move on to something else. Uh, Councillor Flagel had some questions about this launch program as well, which I wanted to bring up. So I'm going to play that for you right now. One of your friendly mates or whoever souls harbor. friendly mates or whoever souls harbor all right for some reason that audio clip it doesn't work it's borked it's totally borked i thought perhaps he just started talking and then just stopped mid-syllable nope i screwed something up so we'll um, have to we'll never get to talk about this well let's let's talk about a burning issue about carmichael outreach do you think perhaps <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to see if you could go somewhere with that um, I'll tell you what, what Flagel was going to say. Okay. What Flagel asked is, uh, he asked about litter. And he asked, he said, you know, some people get on box stores cases because he didn't say cases. This is me paraphrasing. Right. Um, the people, you know, say that the box stores make all this litter when really it's the people who are doing the littering. Ask Carmichael what they're doing about litter from their box lunches. Carmichael ever responded that they have, like, cleanups. They do community cleanups. They uh, their staff patrol, and they haven't really had a litter problem. And I only wanted to bring it up because I've been going to council for an awfully long time, and I don't recall ever once council ever asking a similar question of tim hortons all the tim hortons they've approved i don't think a tim hortons developer has ever been uh cornered on the the litter issue that's that's a good point yeah but, yeah. but carmichael handled it like a boss like, like a boss that's yeah. excellent yeah um but i would like to talk about that burning issue oh okay well it's that the fact that carmichael Outreach does a lot of outreach, mm -hmm. but it seems to me they could do even more if they did inreach. Ooh, and how does inreach work? Um, I, I'm I'm not entirely sure to be honest. I I didn't uh, I didn't so do my research about what it what actually constitutes inreach, but it stands to reason that if there's outreach, there's got to be inreach as well. Right, and I think that's when you maybe reach into your pockets, and right. maybe just sort of keep your hands there. You know what I think is going on right now? What's going on right I now? I think Aiden has maybe overreached. It, it could be. That could be. There might be some overreach in my contemplation of inreach. Yeah. Anyway, I'm pretty sure the Carmichael outreach could do even better if they expanded their scope, with yeah. a brief, to inreach. Sure, and maybe they could do overreach as well and underreach. Underreach, yeah. Yeah. That's that's quite possible. Yeah, beyond reach. Beyond reach, yeah. In inner reach, nice. where they like reach within yeah. themselves. Right. Yeah. 
I'm, well, okay, well, we'll write this up. We'll send it upstairs, and I'm sure they will pass that on yeah, this, this, to I Carmichael think, Outreach for us. I think this idea is so well-formed. It that is. I, that, yeah. Yeah, I don't, they'll, they'll say, oh, why didn't we think of this already? Yeah. yeah. Okay, moving along. Uh, let's see. What we got next is the blue dot motion. Do you remember that? I do. From oh so many months ago. I think it was in the summer, the spring. Former councillor Sean Fraser, one of the last things that he brought forward before he buggered off to points elsewhere, before was he inreached. He made, he he, he inreached. He um, he brought forward this blue dot motion, which is basically the blue dot group is a group of people across Canada who've been bringing these motions to city councils and level, others levels of government, and it's a declaration that a healthy environment is a human right, and. They're, they're challenging city councils to declare this and then sort of incorporate that thinking into the way they run their cities. Mm-hmm. And the ultimate goal is that if you get enough sort of momentum behind this idea and you have enough of these declarations made across the country, that we can ultimately get this right to a healthy environment enshrined in the Constitution, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms that we have here in Canada. This seems, I mean, I've, I've always been against the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, but... You know, I, I can. I'm been persuaded recently that maybe it's a good thing. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, so the the declaration, the city signed on to it. They back in the spring, the city said, "Whoa, whoa, <laughs> back off, blue dot. You're this is a lot to dump on us in a city council right. meeting. You're not even a human. You're a blue dot." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, what it was is I didn't even know this. I was sitting in the council room, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder what's on the council agenda." And uh, then I looked around, and I was I was in this section of the gallery that it was just all people in blue dot T-shirts. So they were all in blue T-shirts, and I'm like, "Oh, this is creepy." <laughs> <laughs> Nobody told me I was supposed to dress up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it was all the Blue Dot people had taken over the uh, that one section of the gallery. Oh, right. And, um, yeah, so council was, like, a little bit nervous about it. They wanted the administration to look into the ramifications of, you know, signing on to this declaration. Administration said, you know, settle down, city council. This is all totally fine. And we're kind of doing this stuff already. There's been, uh, there was an environment advisory committee. Before that, there was the blue ribbon panel Uh for, uh, you know, dealing with uh, climate change. Um, And so the city has been trying to incorporate this kind of thinking into their work already. So they didn't think this would be such a big deal or anything to worry about. Um, Councillor Hawkins at that last meeting, as you may recall, was concerned about charter challenges. If this got enshrined into the charter, that we could be sued for stuff. Hmm. Uh, that people could challenge the charter because we have something wrong in the city, and then the city would be on the hook for potentially thousands or millions of dollars to fix whatever has gone wrong. Um, he brought this up again at executive committee when this came forward, and I did have notes on it. Yeah. So he brought forward a motion at the executive committee uh, on February 15th when this blue dot motion was brought forward again. Um, And he wanted to add an amendment to the declaration that nothing in the endorsement of the declarations contained in the appendix is intended to support their inclusion in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. So he basically wanted to sort of back off from the sort of larger goal of blue dot. Um, I've heard that other councillors who are on the executive committee, all the councillors are on executive committee, uh, they voted against this. So the motion was put and the uh, it was lost. And uh, so Councillor Hawkins uh, didn't get that. So I was expecting there was going to be a big fight at council that Hawkins was going to bring this forward again. 
and uh, that it would be, uh, I was like, I had my like my cozy uh, blanket and a nice mug of hot chocolate and I was all ready for a mm. long night of council. But this <laughs> is what Councillor Hawkins said instead. At the executive committee, I raised one concern that continues to be a concern of mine, a concern that uh, is dem based in a democratic belief that the proper place to decide environmental rights, the kind of environmental rights that we want, the method those environmental rights uh, you are enforced, the proper place for those kinds of decisions is with democratically elected citizens rather than through uh, uh, litigation in courts. I made the point the executive committee decided not to modify in any way uh, the resolution that was put forward for on, on the right to a healthy environment uh, because they felt that they did not, executive committee did not wish to qualify in any way uh, the rights that were being put forward. And indeed, I think it's fair to say that executive committee felt that the matters that were raised by myself were, while maybe important, were perhaps uh, hypothetical at this time. So I just want to uh, recommend on behalf of the Executive Committee uh, to, uh, to Council uh, the right to a healthy environment motion. I want to mention just very briefly the very simple words that were said uh, to Executive Committee uh, by the delegations and particularly by Ms. Crane when she said, I care deeply about the environment. I can't imagine a more, more profound a more straightforward way to put forward the case. And so I leave that with Council recommending that you adopt this motion. And that's it, Councillor Hawkins speaking about the Blue Dot motion. And so that's it. That's the, that's as I said, the end of uh, Councillor Hawkins' character arc on the Blue Dot Wow, yeah, that was so. that was a gripping tale. Well, yeah, he, you know, well, I, I think it was actually. He, uh, he had an objection. He uh, put it forward strenuously. He fought and fought and fought. The vote was called. Uh, he lost the vote, and uh, he said, okay, well, let's go forward, and he didn't make us think about it. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty classy move. I agree. No, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, you, 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 you reacted like I was being sarcastic, which is fair. Because we usually yeah. are. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I thought, yes, he, uh, that, was, that, was a, that was a very satisfying story, and yeah. with, with a real sort of redemption arc built in yeah. for our counselor. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So those were the really big two issues on uh, the council meeting on Monday. There's a few other things that we can talk about maybe in our next meeting, or maybe we'll move on to other stuff. Who knows? Who even knows? Yeah, but we're out of time, and the time locks are coming off the door soon. Oh, so we'd better move. All right. So shall we move to adjourn? I will second that motion. Okay. Motion carried. Despite lack of quorum, you have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. This meeting is brought to you by Councillor Hawkins walking with Dawkin. Listen to the soothing sounds of nature as Bob Hawkins hike, takes a stroll with the bad boys of 80s hair metal. Village Voice called it the weirdest triple LP of 1989. This episode of the Queen City Improvement Bureau is hosted by Paul Deshen and me, Aidan Morgan. Uh, music by Guidewire, a.k.a. Ryan Hill. Tonight's guests were Adam Smith of Multinational and Mark Heise of Rebellion Brewing. Uh, what else is going on here? You can find us, if you so desire, on cjtr.ca slash podcasts or, of course, listen live on CJTR. Uh, also, we can be found on iTunes. Come talk to us on Twitter at QueenCityIB or go to our website, QueenCityIB.com. And we're on Facebook, I'm sure. In fact, I know we are. Anyway, coming up next is the Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie B, followed by the cockpit. 
keep on improving, Regina. And don't forget to contact us to get tickets for the Look and Listen Lottery. We'd really appreciate it. You too could be a grand moth. 